Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right, all right. Welcome to Revolution. As always, it is good to be here and wherever you are online. I'm glad to be there, too. Um, we, uh, man, my kid was, my son, Milo, was up last night at 2 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes he wakes up in the middle of the night and wants to get up and just watch TV or do something like that. And he's like, I'm up, I'm up, and crying, and it was, so I ended up sleeping for about two hours in his little bed with him. I meant to sleep there for 15 minutes, but I fell asleep. So late night last night, the joys of having children. I have no idea what's going on in the world because I'm so busy with my kids. So it's hard to have topical sermons when you're, when you're a parent. It's like, all I see is like when I go into Starbucks, I see the cover of the newspaper. I'm like, oh, Trump did something weird again. That's about it. Um, But we're on Galatians 4. We're going through Galatians. Um, And last week, we obviously did three. Um, We ended with the, uh, there's no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male or female. And uh, interesting, because that was a there was a prayer, and that the Pharisees would have known very well. Paul would have probably prayed himself that you would pray that said, "Thank God, I'm not a. Thank God, I'm not a Greek, or thank God, I'm not a slave. Thank God, I'm not a female. You know that would have been the prayer. And so Paul, of course, takes that exclusive inclu- uh, exclusive prayer makes it inclusive and says, you know, switches it on its head. And I kind of like that a lot because it seems to be more, it's, it seems to go along with how grace is constantly evolving and getting bigger and growing more in, in the New Testament. And you see it throughout the Old Testament starting to happen but in the New Testament. And so I like to believe that that doesn't stop today. That's why I would kind of consider myself, and what, I guess inclusionist would be the best word. Some people call it universalists. Um, but I believe everyone's included. Boom, boom. <laughs> and uh, I like the idea of, of uh, taking a, a prayer that put people out, you know, and and all of a sudden throwing it on its head and putting everybody in. But I, I read that because it kind of, this is a letter, so it's not, was not really original read, written in chapters, so it kind of flows a little bit better if you read that. It says, for all you are one in Christ Jesus, and you all belong to Christ, then you are off, Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise, then four, one starts here. My point is this. Heirs, as long as they are minors, are no better than slaves. 
though they are owners of all their property, but they remain under guardians and trustees until the date is set by their father. In Judaism, that would have been 13. In other faiths, it was 17, 16. Um, so that's what this is referring to here. It's a little like insider baseball, I guess. Is that is that a word? Is that a slogan? A slogan. Is that a saying? Inside baseball? I don't know anything about outside baseball, so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's a little bit, you know, within the context, something that we're not all completely familiar with who haven't studied. But, yeah, so it's saying until you're, basically it was talking about until a male was considered a man. Um, It goes on to say, so with us, while we were minors, we were enslaved to the elemental spirits. Um, could be anything to multiple faiths to just being a minor of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children and become, you are children of God, he has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer slaves, but a child. And if you are a child, then you are also heirs through God. So saying, we're all heirs through God. Um, goes on we'll get a little bit more into it here formerly when you did not know god you were enslaved to beings that by nature are not gods also greeks and and, and uh, gentiles worshiped many gods that were fertility gods and made to look like animals and things like that so i think that's what he's referring to here but he says uh now, however, that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn your back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits? Now, I like this, that it says now he makes it clear that we can only be known by God, that we don't, that, you know, and people want to be like, well, I know God. And that's when we start to know God, we start to feel like we have a corner on truth, you know, and... uh I don't know if God is actually God. I don't know how much we can know God. I think we can know certain things, but I don't know if we can really know God. But I like it, the idea that he makes it clear. He's like, now know that God knows you. And uh, I think that's an important distinction to make. How can you want to be enslaved then? Again, you're observing special days and months and seasons and years. Now here's another inclusive talk, another inclusive verse, because I'm afraid that all my work for you may have been wasted. Because he says here, you're observing special days and months and seasons and years. And so special days and months on the calendar in, in Judaism were celebrated as holy days. But in Paul's sight, he's saying, you know, if you have holy days, then you're saying other days aren't holy. And Paul's saying every day is holy. 
every day is a special day. Every day is God is in everything and in every day, not just in certain days or in special days or in certain times, but every single day. And so there's this is radically inclusive for the time and for the people he's talking to and trying to remind the Gentiles who have become Christians that they don't have to go back to this. They don't have to go to the law. They don't have to observe these holidays. They don't have to do do certain things in order to be known by God or to be accepted by God. Uh, they don't have to be Jewish. They don't have to be circumcised. They don't have to be, you know, male. It doesn't matter anymore. And it really never mattered. If you look at Abraham, who got the was made right by faith 430-something-odd years before the law was even given. So inclusion is there. And he's saying inclusion has always been there. So every day is God's day. <laughs> no special days. Friends, I beg of you to become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You have done me no wrong. You know that I... It was you know that it was because of a physical infirmity that I find I first announced the gospel to you. So Paul was sick. Um, we don't know exactly what was wrong with Paul. Some people believe that Paul had epilepsy. Um, you know, you can play detective stories with all of, um, you know, theologians. It's interesting to see what all different theologians think was wrong with Paul. But Paul seemed to have some sort of physical element, um, and w- which ended up seemed to be one of the reasons why he ended up with the Gauls. Um, you know that it was because I was physical infirmity that I first announced the gospel to you. Though my condition put you to test, you did not scorn or despise me, but welcomed me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What has become of this goodwill you felt? For I testify that had it been possible, you would have torn out your own eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? Um, one of the fascinating ones I heard was that when Jesus, when Paul had his vision of Christ, that he never really got his full eyesight back. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the most spiritual explanation I've heard of that, of why his eyes were issues with his eyes. But this is interesting too. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? That seems to be a big uh, you know a big thing in in the world is when we share the truth what we feel is our truth with others often we do become enemies. People think we are enemies. I know that we were just talking before service that in certain circles, in conservative circles, you say, well, I believe, you know, I'm an inclusionist or I'm this or that, you know, and they're like, well, how are you even a Christian or how can you even claim to be a Christian, you know? But then in other settings and more liberal settings, it can be like, well, how can you only claim Christ? How closed-minded is that of you, you know? And so sometimes when we speak our truth, we do become, you know, we seem to become enemies, um, but also, when other people speak their truth, do we make them enemies? That's something to think about as well, is how can we allow others to speak their truth without making them enemies? Um, or how can we just be adults and have conversations, you know, that are maybe tense, 
maybe disagree, but, you know, we can have talks and, and agree to disagree and try to accept one another. How, how is that? I don't know. They make much of you, but for, good, for no good purpose. They want to exclude you so that you may make much of them. And this is interesting because he's saying the teachers who want to exclude you want to make you think much of them. You know, like they have the power to say you're not in. And so then you go, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not in because these guys say this. And so you're automatically making much of them. And I did that with pastors growing up as a young person. Um, I always thought like, oh, they know so much. Oh, God must hate me. Oh, these people are so holy and I'm such a piece of crap, you know and all this, and, you know, they wanted, it was like they got off on making you feel less than, you know, that that's how they got their power and their encouragement is by making you feel less than a person or less than deservant of God's grace, and so these, this is what he's saying about these religious leaders is that they want to make a name for themselves by making you feel like you're nothing, that you don't belong. Paul goes on to say, it is good to be made much of for good purpose at all times, and not only when I'm present with you. My little children, whom I again in the pain of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So Paul is taking this, I mean, to the extreme personal. He's, you know, he's saying it's like childbirth. You know, he says, I'm seeing you as my own children. I'm having extreme pain going through childbirth with you. I wish I were present with you so now I could change my tone for I'm perplexed about you. Then he goes into the allegory of Hagar and Sarah. Tell me, you who desire to be subject to the law, will you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and the other by a free woman. One, the child of the slave, was born according to the flesh. The other, according to the other child to the free woman was born through the promise. Now this is an allegory. This is interesting that Paul even says this is an allegory. These women are two covenants. One woman, in fact, is Hagar from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. Now Hagar, Mount Sinai, is Arabia. The correspondence to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the other woman corresponds with Jerusalem above. She is free, and as she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, you children, one you who bear no... Rejoice, you childless one, you who bear no children. Burst into song and, shot and shout. You endure no birth pains, for the children of the dissolute women are more numerous than the child of the one who is married." Now you, my friends, are children of the promise, like Isaac. But just as that time the child who was born according to the flesh persecuted the child who was born according to the Spirit, so it is now also. But what does the Scripture say? Drive out the slave and her child. Which, oh, that's a little harsh. For the child of the slave will not share in the inheritance with the child of the free woman. So then the friends, we are children not of the slave, but of the free women. And he's using this allegory saying exactly this, the works of the flesh don't make you a child of God. The works of the flesh don't make you 
free from, you know, free. The works of the flesh do not bring grace upon you. You know, it's, 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 those are nothing to do with, you know, those, there's nothing wrong with the works of the flesh. There's nothing wrong with those things. But if you get caught up in thinking that that's why you've received grace or that's why you're included or that's why you're accepted, then you've missed the point. And I'm going to end here with 5.1. Um, the slave, but of the free woman. Oh, sorry. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. It's interesting that it's five it seems to end at five I mean four seems to end at five one. But Paul is so concerned that they that the Gentiles are continuously getting caught up in the yoke of the slavery, returning to the law, and he's wanting us to stand firm and therefore not submit again to the yoke of slavery. For freedom in Christ has set us free, stand firm. So we are to stand firm in the freedom of Christ. We're to stand firm that there is neither male nor female nor Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free. We're to stand firm and, you know, that we do not nullify grace of God for if justification comes through the law, then there's no need for Christ to die. You know, we're to stand firm in these things. And that's the good news. Um, It's that simple. I mean, I wish I had more to to add to this, Um, but I'm not a theologian. I'm just a guy who likes to preach and speak. And... uh, I feel like it's, some of this is self-explanatory and it speaks for itself. That uh, it doesn't require that much of an explanation. If you listen, if you have ears, listen. Um, and remember to be, you know, freedom of Christ has set us free. Stay free. And help others get free. You know, that's what I feel like we're called to, is to be liberators in the name of Christ. If you follow Christ, I feel like Christ is the liberator. And inclusion and, 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 and includes all people. And that's the message. That's the good news. And if we can carry that with us, um, people might have what you want to hear. And there's so many people who are in the yoke of slavery in Christianity and in faith and in Christian schools and in things like that where they're just their lives are caught up in do's and don'ts and works and that. and I take it for granted because I'm not surrounded by people like that anymore. But man, I knew what it, what it, what it was like to be in it. You know, when I was younger, I was, I was miserable. You know, I thought God hated me. I thought I had to be something that I could never be. I thought I had to live up to some expectation that I could never live up to. And I was caught in that yoke of slavery. And uh, so many of us get caught up in that, even in our own lives and everyday stuff. And this is saying, don't, you know, don't let yourself get caught up in that. Try to be, stay free in freedom in Christ. And you know what freedom in Christ means? It means you're free. You know, there's no secret hidden meaning of like, you're free, but, you know, it means you're free. And stay free. Um... It's 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 that you know it's it's I just think you know what does freedom mean in the Greek? It means freedom. <laughs> what does freedom in Hebrew mean? It means freedom. You know, it's the same word. 
So it's actually good news. So be free, uh, brothers and sisters. <laughs> so uh, with that, I will thank you for listening. And if you're online and Revolution is considered your church, um, I ask you to consider making a donation or if you a tither, tithe. <laughs> You don't have to. We'd much rather have you than your money, but we're definitely uh, survive on the donations. That's why we're a nonprofit, and all our all donations are tax deductible. But thanks for listening, and once again, please be free and stay free. And uh, I'll finish with a quick prayer. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your freedom, and. Uh, thank you for your servant Paul I thank you for this letter to Galatians uh, that reminds us not to get caught up in the works so thank you for this in Jesus name amen thanks for listening it's revolution <laughs>